Church, awesome to see everybody here today. So I literally got a, a christening today, I think, because because the church is lopsided. They always kind of go to this side of the church for some reason. You think it ain't the boat? <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's always awesome to uh, to bless a child into into God's care and our care. So today I was thinking about um, community. So how many folks are from here originally? Native Cecil Countyans? No. I thought I was all alone up here. I mean, I've been here 16 years. I, I, I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., but a lot of folks I meet in this church are usually connected somehow because a, a strong connection to either, like, high school or college or work or something. So this just truly is a community church, you know, and I think about churches that change the world, and they start like this. So I really think that God is trying to give me a message that we can be that kind of impacting church. If, if we think of ourselves as, like, as, as, as bigger than we are, and, and then we can accomplish things as a community and reach out and spread out farther than Northeast. I mean, can Northeast Maryland be the epicenter for Christ's work? Can, can it be? It can be, right? Through God, all things are possible, right? So this song we're going to sing is called Build Your Kingdom Here. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to build God's kingdom right here and spread out past these walls, right? So let's stand up and let's worship God. The only way that we can in this church... I want to hear you guys singing loud this morning. If you're just visiting, hey, you still got a voice. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire when this day shone. Change the atmosphere, build your kingdom here. We pray. Yeah. 
protect your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come And we need your power in us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and we thirst. Refuse to waste our lives for your joy and pride. Captive hearts release the hurt, the sick, the poor at peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church and we pray revive the earth. of hell can stop your beauty changing hearts come on that's for much more than this awake the kingdom seed in us fill us with the strength and love of Christ and we are your church and we are the hope on earth Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and let her set your church on fire. When this nation back, change the atmosphere. Build your
Blessed be your name.
have a seat. Everybody stay put. We're glad everybody's here today, and we have, um, we have a lot of stuff going on, extra stuff today. We have a, um, an infant baptism, so we're excited by that, christening, whatever you want to call it. It's cool. Um, but we also have, um, we're also going to bring in some new members, so we've got a lot of stuff going on. So first, what I'd like to ask, I'd like to ask um, Debbie DiVergilio, come on up, our lay leader. Debbie's going to come up here. And we are also, um, also going to ask the parents and godparents or sponsors of, let me make sure I get the name completely right, Dixie Gaynor Snyder, to please come forward. All right? So if the godparents will, and parents will stand on this side. Hey, it's right over here. How you doing? Right over here. She ain't cute or anything, is she? So. How come you guys don't have that reaction when I stand up here? Oh, all right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's weak. So, okay. All right. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we personally and together acknowledge the saving grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This saving grace salvation is God's free gift. It's offered to us without a price. But as um, we talked a little bit about last week, and as Dietrich, the great uh, scholar Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, it's free, but it's not cheap because it costs our Lord his life. So through baptism, we are identified with Christ and his church and incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. The water symbolizes cleansing and washing, for in Christ we are made pure from our sin. The water serves as a sign of, as circumcision was in the Old Testament as a covenant of faith with God. Children are a gift of God, and I know, yes, parents, even teenagers are a gift from God. As Psalm 127.3 says, it proclaims, Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. <laughs> so as believers, we are called to recognize that children belong first and foremost to God. And God in his goodness gave children as gifts to parents. They not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift, but also the wonderful privilege of enjoying this gift. Because children belong to God and are given um, by grace as gifts to parents, it is only proper that as parents we recognize that and dedicate them back to the Lord. Debbie? We are told, we are told in 1 Samuel 1 that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke 2:22, we read that Mary and Joseph <coughs> brought their baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to present him before the Lord in the same way. In the same way, Stephen and Jamie today bring their daughter, Dixie Gaynor Snyder, along with godparents James and Elizabeth, presenting first themselves and ultimately Dixie before the Lord our God. We are here today to recognize as the body of Christ, Dixie <laughs> being brought by her parents and godparents to be baptized. As the family of God, we recognize God's love that is already work, at work in their lives. We pray for the day when Dixie will mature and respond to the saving grace of God, accepting Jesus Christ as her Savior and Lord, and pledge herself to a life of faithful discipleship. Okay, bow with me for a prayer, if you will. Lord God, 
Look upon your church and unseal for us the fountain of, of baptism. By the power of your Holy Spirit, bless this gift of water. Bless Dixie who receives it, so that the sacrament, this sacred moment, through that of your baptism, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide her in her journey with Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I've got to ask you guys some questions. Are you ready? Did you pass the hazing ritual? Okay, just checking. <clears throat> All right. So first, let's say Stephen and Jamie and James and Elizabeth, right? Correct? Okay. As members of the covenant community of God, through your own confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, will you nurture Dixie in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself and profess her faith openly and lead to a Christian life. If you do so, say, we will. Okay. All right. So now it's your turn. You ready? Are you ready? Do I have to go, are you ready? Here we go. Uh, to the covenant community of faith gathered here, that's you guys, will you surround Dixie before you with a community of love and forgiveness that she may be able to grow in her trust and acceptance of God? If so, say we will. We will. Okay. Now, as I like to do, I like to tell you briefly what you guys just did. Okay? So you guys just made a covenant with God. Yeah! So if you break it, you got to deal with him, not me. Okay, so what we said is they said that hey, that she's God's gift, right, sweetheart? Yeah. She'd make a great poker player. There we go. Look at her. <clears throat> um, but that she's God's gift to them. And they, both of you, and then you asked and said, These, they want you to be here with them. And you said, because, just like we said at the beginning, because she's God's gift to us, we want to go ahead and dedicate her back to the Lord. And so by doing so, we're going to make sure that we raise her in the environment that she can accept Christ for herself. Okay, so with that, they said, we will. Then I threw it back to you guys to say that if they choose to do that here, you're going to go ahead and make that commitment. So that means if they're lax in that, guess what? They get after them, they get after them. And if, if you're lax in it, they get after you and say, why is there an environment for, the, for my child? Okay, so we all just made a covenant with God. Can't go back on it. It's sealed. All right. So let me see this, uh, this beautiful little girl. Come here, sweetheart. Yeah. Hey, baby. All right. Yeah. All right. Dixie Gaynor Snyder, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All right. Here we go. Ready? Ready for this? Ready? Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Because I desire to worship and obey. We think. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Let's get a look at it. You want to go see some people? Come on. All right, here she is. There you go. I'm going to let you get a good look at her. Isn't she pretty? I'm going to have to take you with me everywhere to get that reaction, girl. Yeah. Want to go see these? There you go. There you go. I'll let you get a good look at this. See them all? Isn't she pretty? She hasn't smiled at all, though. So. 
Kenzie Cutie. There we go. All right. There you go. There you go, Dad. All right, as a, as a uh, remembrance today, we have um, two certificates that are here. They're both the same. And then we have a flower for Mom. And so, so I know you all want to get hold of her, um, but you're not going to. So, um, so sit tight. But uh, we're, we're grateful. And can I get one little smile? Can I get one smile? She says, beat it. All right. All right, guys, let's welcome them into the rest. At this time, our children could go ahead and head to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry. further in our service today, and uh, we have a couple announcements today, so that's good. All right, just a couple, a couple other things to mention today. Um, you have a number of announcements. Please check your announcement sheet that's included in your bulletin, but for, for many, <coughs> the Financial Peace uh, University class will be on Monday, February 24th. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can see that in your bulletin. Um, does anybody have all the money that you need and knows how to manage your money awesome? Then you don't need this class. If, you do, if you're like me, then you need this class, right? So um, this will be, we will be having that. You can see that on the dates there uh, on that Monday. Um, this Friday, this Friday, uh, open mic night right here on this stage. Um, it, Wayne, I know you're leading that. Uh, anything particularly, just people get to you if they need some things. I know some people want to dance, may say want a poem, want to do, do whatever. But whatever you want to do, just go ahead, make sure you connect, and come, and see, come out and see it. Um, it's, al- it's always pretty uh, fun to get people together. This is our first one, and we want to see how people react. What time does it begin? 7 o'clock. It's Friday. <clears throat> um, some other things. Uh, you can see that we've got boxes, which is awesome. We're, get, we're getting them up there. Our Sunday school kids are going to go ahead and be, um, be putting those together <coughs> after the service. We're going to go ahead and pray over them and all the boxes, but they're going to bring in all the rest of them as well, so they're going to be working on them. If you forgot by any chance today, if you forgot, you can bring them next week or within this week, but that's the drop dead date, so we want to go ahead and have that. Parish Foundation today. Correct? And our next one is the 21st of December. Um, Are we good today? We're good today. So get on the list for the 21st. I talked to Mike the other day. I think he said that for the serving on Thanksgiving, they may have a slot or two. But if you would like to connect with on Thanksgiving to serve at Parish Foundation, that's a great place to do that. If you do not know where the Parish Foundation is, uh, it's in Elkton, right there next to the pretzel factory. Okay? So um, you you can know that. Um... Thanksgiving food drive. Next Sunday is our last week. I think there's still some boxes out there. There's several lists, lists in here of things to bring. And so you can really help somebody's Thanksgiving uh, that way. Um, let me see. Uh, 
And next Sunday, uh, substance abuse and recovery ministry discussion will be right after church, correct? All right. So, um, again, there's a lot of stuff that are, are getting together. Believe it or not, we're, I think we're like in the 30-some days till Christmas. I can't believe it. It's, it's crazy. So. Some prayer requests. If you have some prayer requests, you can, jo- you can add them online, or you can also go ahead and, um, and fill these out underneath the sconces in the back, and we'll make sure that Debbie, right here, our prayer coordinator, gets them. Yes. Okay, um, in, case you, in case you didn't hear that, Patty wasn't able to fill that out, but there's a 12-year-old uh, friend of theirs from growing up, a 12-year-old daughter, is that right, um, shot, accidentally shot herself in the head. So we want to lift them up in your prayers majorly for recovery. Um, we have a prayer for Re, um, for my friend Scott, who is being deployed in January. Um, prayer for my, um, Trudy has a prayer for my friend. Um, and for Jenny, leg pains and headaches, and for Judy with her Lyme disease, and to pray for her. Again, if you have any other prayer requests, please go ahead and continue to lift them up. All right? we have any others? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Bow your heads. Lord God, we come to you now, and we're, we're just so grateful to be able to ha- connect with you and just stop the world from where where it seems to be just spinning and spinning and spinning and just take time to focus and worship you. God, we love you and you are an amazing, amazing God. You love us so many times, even those times when, when we don't deserve your love. And God, that's what this time of year is all about as we get ready for, for Thanksgiving and all these other kinds of things. But there's so many other needs. There's people who are hurting. There's people who are injured. There's people, Lord, who doubt you and your existence. Uh, and, and with that, God, there's others who are just struggling. And you know that right now, I, I, you know, right now in that, God, we've been doing this series called Do-Over, that there's a lot of us who would just like to start again. And so during this time, God, we just ask that you just let us reconnect to you or maybe connect to you in the first time in our lives. For all those people who have uh, pain and, and sorrow, be with them and guide them. For those who just need to have peace in their lives, Lord, still the storm around them. And God, ultimately, we just want to thank you once again for being who you are for us, for giving us all that we have, for giving us breath that we could get up today, for giving us children that we, as gifts that we can dedicate back to you and, 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 be, and that you incorporate us in part of that grace to, to raise them up. We're in awe of who you are and your love for us. And so, God, whether we're here today or whether we are traveling or we're at home and uh, are watching online because we can't get out, whatever it may be, God, just send your Holy Spirit to us in a powerful way. Make you more real to us than you've ever been. And, God, as we give a portion back to you through your tithe and our offerings, may you multiply them and use them to further your kingdom here and around the world. For, God... Your scripture says you love a cheerful giver. Let us do that with a grateful heart so that you can meet the many needs around here. Wayne alluded to some of that today. That can anything, can an epicenter come out of Northeast? Well, I bet you many people back then, Lord, said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
Can anything good come out of Jerusalem? And Lord, you changed the world. So be with us during this time. Send your anointing upon us. In Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord but you don't really care for music do you? Well it goes like this the fourth, the fifth the minor fall the major lift the baffled king composing God above, you're filling me with grace and love, and I just want to say thank you to you. You pulled me from the miry clay, you've given me a brand new day, now all that I can say is hallelujah, hallelujah.
Good morning. Today's scripture comes from John chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Jesus, the true vine. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Also, we have Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. All right, at this time, um, we're going to recognize some new members. And I'm going to recognize, um, and two, I'm going to recognize by name. They're going to go ahead through the ceremony later, I believe, but we're going to just recognize them by name as joining. Um, but the, I'm going to call a, a couple up. Uh, Nikki Sinelli, right? All right. And Ree, her mother. Uh, is Sandy Johnson, did I see Sandy here today? Didn't see Sandy here today. I know she's been here Every week since then. Doug Phillips. I saw Doug. Yep, Doug here. And the other, you guys can just raise, raise your hand today. Okay, we'll let you. Um, James Russell and Laura Russell. Where are they? There they are. Okay, all right. We good? All right. So here we go. Here's our, our new members. What? Just you today. So there's others. There you go. He's right behind you. <clears throat> all right. So one of the things I like to do is in Scripture, there are names mean something. And some of you have been around for a little while. No, I like to share this. <clears throat> so let's, um, so Nikki. Hi, Nikki. How you doing, dear? I'm good. Nikki's my buddy here. All right. So Nikki, do you know what your name, Nicole, means? Royal of the people. Huh? Royal of the people. Yeah, the royal of the people. The people or the people of victory. And here's what I found. I found one of my favorite verses. I say that all the time, but this is one of my favorite verses. Romans chapter 8, verses 30, verse 37 <coughs> through 39. It says, no, in all, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all the creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You like that? Does that work for you? Any challenges in your life that that will work for? Yeah, good. So, so that, for me, that's your verse. Okay, Re. Yes, it's Rosemary. Mose Marie, awesome, because I would have had a lot of problems with the re thing, so I mean, would have, but I couldn't have found it. All right, so here we go. What? Dew of the sea. I found rose of the sea, and I also found another thing that I thought was interesting. Bitter rose. I know you're not bitter at all, but <clears throat> but one of the verse that I came to was from Song of Solomon, uh, Song of Songs. Chapter 2, verse 1, which says, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. And that is a reference that people use to Jesus a lot as being the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. And I, I thought of that song, Above All Powers, um, Above All Kings. Uh, and I remember like a rose trampled on the ground that, that even though Christ is so beautiful and majestic in all that he's done for us, he went through a lot of stuff in life. And I also see that in you, that you love people so much and you, you take on a lot but you still remain that, that loving person that is committed to Christ and people, right? Say luck. There you go. All right? So there you go. Big hug. Big hug. Okay, one more. We won't leave Doug out here. How you doing, Doug? Good. Yeah. Doug, welcome to the light. Now you've seen the lights. I saw the... Oh, forget it. We won't go into that. All right, Doug. Now, this is why you need to be in the light, because do you know what your name means? Dwells by the dark river. 
So you need the light. Okay. Like the segue? Okay. Um, the verse I found, rivers are so important throughout Scripture from the beginning of creation all the way through Revelation. And the one I picked was this one from Psalm 1, which said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in and, and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law um, day and night. He says, That person is like a tree planted by the river or streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, they prosper. And so, um, as I've known you, I've seen you, you're, you're a person of character and commitment, and you love your family and your friends and your God. And so we're glad to have you, have you here today as part of the church. Welcome. Thank you. All right. And Jim, Marsha, I mean, Jim and Laura, raise your hand. There they are there. I've got you down, but we'll save you to February, right? Okay, so we're going to get you. So what I want you to do is I want to ask you guys a, a question. They, you went through the class, and um, one of the things that we said is that um, this is... This is not, I hear people a lot of times that when they, when they become members or even if they come and attend this church, they'll say, your church does this, your church does this. This is not my church. It's not my church. This is God's church. This is our church. And this church is only as, only as successful as God leads us and we work together. So what I want to know is, are you guys willing to commit your life to, to promoting Christ Jesus, number one, and loving him? If so, say yes. 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 All right. And, do it, and you believe God's called you here to do that. All right, that's all we need. Let's welcome him. Thank you. Thank you. Start where you stand and never mind the past. Past won't help you in beginning new. If you have left it all behind at last, why, that's enough. You're done with it. You're through. The world won't care about your old defeats if you can start anew and win success. The future is your time. And time is fleet. And there is much of work and strain and stress. Forget the buried woes and dead despairs. Here is a brand new trial right at hand. The future is for him who does and dares. Start where you stand. All right, here we are. Our last week of the do-over series. Uh, so it's your last week to do over. If you missed any of that, please go ahead and check it out online. Um, did we make an announcement yet about our app, right? Didn't we? Um, if you go, we now have an app, uh, if you've got a smartphone, um, that you can go to the, it's, I think it's under The Haven Community Church on iTunes, and you can go ahead and click that, download it, and if you're somewhere right now, it just has a lot of the sermons and other kind, and, and there's a Bible connection there too. So um, go ahead and do that. We are, we're, what? Android for Google Play and all that kind of stuff. So you can take us with you wherever you go. And so if you miss anything, you can go ahead and reconnect there. How's everybody doing today? A lot of stuff going on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Over the last several weeks, we've been doing this do-over series. And 
one of the main components of this is what do you do when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it would? Has anybody ever had any moment in your life the way that you didn't think life thought it would? Anybody? Okay. And how do you wrestle with that? How do you make those changes? How do you, how do you adjust to that? Or what do you do when God doesn't show up the way that you want him to or the way you thought and think God should? You may have issues with your kids. You may have poor choices that they're making, friends, other kinds of things like that. And you just are like, okay, God, what's going on here? Maybe if I had done something different when they were younger, I could do a do-over. Or maybe you have your, the job that you left, it looked good, but then you recognize this is not what I thought it would be. I wish I had a do-over with my job. I wish I could go ahead and start again and do something different. Or <coughs> you may be somebody that you're, you didn't just go to a new job, but you started on a career path. You started out there, it looked good when you were graduating high school or when you got done college or, or later, and now you're at a point where you can't do anything because you have responsibilities, and you end up in that point and you say, man, I wish I made different choices in my life and things were a little bit different. There's so many different things. Or maybe you, you've gone to the doctor and your health is just not what you thought it would be. And the doctor's not giving you good news. And what begins to happen is everything, that there's so many things in life that seem to disappoint you. The things that you had hope in tend to be broken and tend to be missing. So I want to share this uh, with you today. The most important thing in our minds that we can do, that we can have, is our idea about God. The most important thing in our minds is our idea of God. In other words, what I'm saying is, who is God to me? God is a lot of things to a lot of people. But what is my understanding of God? Because I really believe it starts right there. Now, over the last several weeks, we've been alluding to this a book by Pete Wilson called Let Hope In. And it's an excellent book. It's easy to read. And in that, and I want to finish up the series today sharing three things that he shares that we can place our hope in and that that made a big difference in his life and I really believe will make a huge difference in your life as well. So that's where we're going to head to. So when we finish this up, this is how we're going to do it. You good? All right. First thing is you're going to ask God, and again, if you have your uh, bulletin, please go ahead and do that. Ask God, give me a greater view of you. Give me a greater view of you. In other words, God, open my eyes to let me see who you really, really are. You say, well, I know God is this, and I know God is that, but I want you to go ahead and just really say, God, expand my view of who you are. Because if you're like me, so often in our lives, I have a pretty big view of God, but then there comes that situation. That situation where relationship may not be going as well. And is God big enough to deal with that? Or I've got an illness. Is God big enough to deal with that? Or my children are struggling, and I've done everything I can, and I I love them, and I want them to connect to, to you, and... They did, but now they don't. And you, know, you know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. And you say, God, are you big enough to, to do that? And a lot of times we're kind of wondering how we're doing that. Or for some reason, you have one of those weeks. Anybody have one, any of these weeks where people just don't like you that week? 
Now, I will, I will give it to you that there are some weeks that you probably aren't very likable. And there's reasons why people don't like you on certain times. People don't like me at all in the mornings. I am not a morning person. And my living hell is trying to get two teenagers ready to be at school at the same time. Anybody tried that one? Anybody want to come over tomorrow and try it? It will be your hell as well. It, alarm clocks, doesn't matter. Uh, cell phones with alarms, doesn't matter. Parents who go up three or four times, doesn't matter. Right? As long as I get my food and I'm ready to go, let's go. And I, re- I had a flashback this week about years ago where my mother used to come in and see these stupid songs in the morning. Because I didn't want to get up. And she would go, you've got to get up, you've got to get up, you've got to get up in the morning. Bigger told the sergeant. She'd do this kind of stuff. I'm like, would you shut up? Ah! It's hell in the air. So I don't do that. I just grab the covers off and throw them out there. She did this thing. This was the most annoying, and Jill knows exactly what I'm going to say. She'd be there, and you'd be laying there tucked all nice. You know it's cold this time of year. Nice to be tucked in. And she'd go, creep mouse, creep mouse, creep mouse, creep mouse, creep mouse. I'm like 17 years old. I wanted a creep mouse trap, you know what I mean, that would suck her into the vortex of it, you know. Creep mouse. Get if anybody says creep mouse and I hit you in the face, don't, you know where it comes from. It's, it's, I'm, I'm repressing it. I'm dealing with it, okay? Insanity. I, in turn, just go up and yell, get up before you die or something like that. So. You see, one of the things that happens in our life is our view of God is shaped by our experiences with God. And I could, I could tell you when you have a struggle in life, and God brings you through that struggle, you enlarge your view of who God is. There's a great scholar, and I, I, I've been teaching this in class, but we've also been looking at it since it was Veterans Week, and I got the opportunity to talk to, uh, to hear a guy this week who um, did lots of things in World War II, but one of the things he did was liberate Buchenwald concentration camp, and just pretty amazing to hear the story. And then uh, Viktor Frankl is a guy who I've, I challenge you to read, Man's Search for Meaning. And um, I was sharing this book, and, and he says that what he believes is that how, it, how people have a meaning in life, it's not religious, but it's, it's got some major religious connotations to it. Number one, he says you've got to find love. You've got to find somebody who you love and loves you in life. And that gives you a purpose in life. The next thing is you've got to have a purpose. You've got to have a work. You've got to have something that you give your life to. And the, and the ultimate thing is, and the last thing, which really amazes me because he's somebody who suffered and lost his wife and his uh, parents and family in um, a concentration camp, was he said, you've got to have suffering. You've got to have suffering because he said once you deal with suffering, it makes the love and the purpose all that stronger. And when you come to suffering, uh, it, may, it makes you stronger. And, and I'm not going to sing Kelly Clarkson or Kanye West, so don't worry about that. Um, Our experience, though, we need to learn, do not define who God is. In John 15, 1, let's look at this. This tells you, Jesus tells us exactly who God is here. And he says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the what? My father is the gardener. Now, how many of you like gardening? How many have a garden, like, during the year, and you really like it? 
People who have gardens, those of you who are gardeners, I'm not a gardener. I'm a weed eater, you know, and I hate that too. I'm a lawnmower, like that. But there are people who garden, and I'm amazed. Um, Melissa loves gardening too. But you, right, like right about now, everything's kind of dying for the year, and you're kind of bummed, but you're already thinking about next year what you're going to plant. You start thinking, hmm, I'm going to get some seeds, and I'm going to put this in here, and I'm going to make little rows, and I'm going to build this up, I'm going to double the size of it, I'm going to put some stuff in there, it's going to grow. This year I think I'm going to do corn, this year I think I'm going to do this. And the way you guys do that, it's amazing to me. You care about it. If there gets, those of you who are really good gardeners, if there's one weed, you go in, you yank it out, you spend all day in there, and you're working, 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 and you're like, you're like, I am going to make sure this is awesome. And so when, when Jesus says, I am the grapevine and my father is the gardener, I began to look at that more and more and more. Because if you're a gardener, as I said, you spend all this time there, and wonderful gardeners will do whatever it takes to cause their garden to thrive and grow. They want us, and, and what, what I recognize is when Jesus says God is the gardener, he wants to do everything in our lives to help us thrive and grow. Everything he possibly can to make, it, uh, uh, make us have a fullness of life and living. Whatever it takes, he wants me to live beyond my past. He wants me to live beyond my present and be, put my hope and trust in him, to live a life of, filled with hope. What we said, uh, and what we said throughout the series, the statement that my past is not really my past if it's still messing with my present. And if there's one statement that I've said that has rang with me and hopefully with some, uh, some others is if I'm still dealing with stuff in my present it's that it was from my past, it's because my past is not in my past. I have not dealt with it. And what it does, it taints my present and then from there, it taints my future because when I have that situation in my present and I base it off my past, I'm going to say, I'm going to end up in the same situation. There's no way out of the cycle. But that's a lie because God is the gardener and he wants everything, to, he wants to do everything to help me thrive. God always wants us to trust in him and to hope in him. So who is God he is the gardener. Because when I view God differently as the gardener, even in the midst of my adversity, I can trust him to take care of me. When I view God as the gardener, I can trust him to take care of me. There are a lot of us that believe because of years of lies that we, you know, I, I believe one of the things that, that's good is people being self-sufficient. But no, the statement, no man or woman is an island. Is true, particularly with our relationship with Christ. We need each other. We talked about that the other week. We need each other together. We don't need each other to be at each other. There's enough of that in the world. We need each other as the body of Christ to be together and to grow and to be strengthened. And we need God in our lives. So who is God as our gardener? With God as our gardener, the second thing that we learn and we need to ask God is this. Um... We'll get to that in a second. The, the second thing is this, and I want you to look at John 15, chapter 2. It says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. God wants us to thrive. And this is one of those things that I think is the most difficult in my life. Because over my life, 
I have experienced growth through pruning. Because there, I'm going to shock you all, there are areas of my life that don't bear fruit for God. Okay, I'll let that settle in. You know, there, and, and what, what do you say, what, what are you talking about fruit, Jack? Like apples? No. Or like pears? No. Uh, what I'm saying is, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. There are areas in my life that don't display that. Anybody got an area of your life that's not very loving? Anybody got an area of your life that's not very joyful? What about peaceful? Sometimes the rest of the stuff would just be awesome if I could just have peace in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience. How many of you are patient? You want me to mess with you this week? I'm going to show you the way to mess with God and to make your life hell. Pray for patience. You pray for patience. God's not going to open up the heavens and say, you now have patience. God's going to put people in your life to make you want to be patient. You'll want to string them up first like this. But he's going to say, remember, you ask for patience. It's produced. It's cultivated. It's a fruit. It's not, it's not a gift. It's a fruit. Fruit grows. Gifts are given to that. See, look, she's upset too. Patience, kindness. Do you have any part of your life that's not very kind? If you don't, if you think, no, I'm pretty kind, ask the people you live with. Are there some things that are just not good? Like there's something in your mind that you're like, like it might just dart in a second and you're like, I could get this sucker. I could get one over on this person. Areas that you're like a bull in a china shop, you're not very gentle. What about self-control? Do you really have self-control in your life? Do a lot of the things that you wish... How many, I'll, I'll tell you a good way that you know you don't have self, good self-control is by the fact that you say, man, you know, I wish I could have done that. Or about this time of year, go back and look at those New Year's resolutions. Self-control. But you see, what, what I find out is my father is the gardener. That's what Jesus says. My father is the gardener, and what does the gardener do? He prunes, prunes areas of my life that need to be cut off. Now, I find it really interesting. It said that he cuts off every branch in my life that, or say, that does not produce fruit. In other words, there are some dead areas of my life that need to be lopped off. And I'm going to share this with you, and you're going to go, Really? Sometimes there are people in your life that God has to lop off of you. Because if something is dead, it causes something else to be dead. And as much as you love and want to reach, sometimes God just needs to say, boom, that person needs to be off of your life so you can have growth in that area. Like if you've ever spent time around somebody who is constantly negative, constantly negative, it won't be long before you are constantly negative. Anybody tried this before? Before you, if you have somebody who's always talking about somebody and how they're wrong and how they're this and how they're that, and everybody, the world, everybody else, they're horrible, and you want to connect to them because you do love them, guess what they're doing when you leave? God sometimes says, boom, Jack, in order for you to grow, you need to remove yourself from that person. Let me deal with them. And I've always messed this up because I always think that God kind of prunes like I want to. 
Come back three days from now. I'll come back in a week. And God goes, wham, like that. And you go, what happened? But sometimes it's for your good that God cuts them out of your lives. That's painful, but it's good. If I asked the tree how it felt getting cut on, it would say, ouch, stop, ow. All those trees that you're going to cut down and put in your house for Christmas, you think they're just saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. Cut me, cut me, cut me, oh, yay. No, they're saying, ouch. And you're going to use me for a month and then throw me out. It hurts. It hurts. But then he also says something else. Other areas, he prunes where he trims it on an area so that it grows better. All right? Everybody good today? Why do we need to do that? It's not popular, but it's needed to grow. We got to trust that God wants the best, that we need to embrace and trust in him and his pruning process. Because this is what I want you to fill in. By fully trusting God means... I'm inviting him to begin the pruning process. Fully trusting God says, God, here I am, hack away. And when he does, there's some awesome things that need to be happening. I need to learn to trust him. Look at this verse that I want to share with you that's printed in your bulletin from John chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. I'm going to read that and we're going to move on. A huge crowd kept following him, Jesus, wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill, sat down, and his disciples around him. Verse 5. Soon Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, there wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, well, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Jesus said, tell everybody to sit down. So they all sat on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed it to them, to the people. And afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. And after everyone was what? Full Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I find this really interesting because Jesus starts off and it says he tested Philip because he already knows what he's going to do. Sometimes Jesus is just checking you out because to make sure that you're going to trust in him because he already knows what he's going to do. And Philip responds in the way that many of us do. It's not possible. How do we feed them? How do we meet the needs in our community? How do we deal with this nature of drug addiction? How do we deal with broken families? How do we deal with homelessness in our community? It's impossible to deal with it. Doesn't it feel that way? But Jesus just waits. We may say, God, how can I possibly forgive that person? You know what they did to me? How can I possibly love this person? How can I possibly be generous to them? It's impossible. Or we have these things, you know, I would, but. And we have a lot of excuses about why we can't. 
just like Philip. But Andrew speaks up and says, here's this, but it's so little among so many. You know, the coolest thing is this, the, the person who's the most important never gets talked about here. It's a little boy. Everybody's stealing his Lunchable. <laughs> Nobody asked him. He just gave it. He gave everything he had. And 5,000 men plus women and children, some people believe it could be 10 to 15,000 people, were full because one kid brought what he had. Now, Jesus didn't need this kid to do what he did, but he tells us the same thing. Even though it may seem impossible, everything is impossible with your own strength, but with God, all things are possible. And by being that way, guess what? Just bring me what you got. Bring me your tired, worn-out body. Bring me your misery. Bring me your hurt and your suffering. Bring me your doubt. Bring me your past. In other words, what he says, bring me the good, the bad, the ugly, because you know what? I'll never know what God can do with what I have until I bring it to him. I can never know what God will do with what I have until I bring it to him. When the boy brought it to, God, to Jesus, everything was changed. In other words, I go to him and say, number one, God, expand who you are in my life. Number two, look at me and prune away anything that doesn't need to be here. And number three, God, ask God to give me an extraordinary heroic courage. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some things that I'm heroic about, but there's other things I'm not. And if your definition is about climbing up on a, a little tiny thing or being strapped into this thing and shooting me up in space or dropping me off and bungee, bungee around my feet, I ain't heroic. I like, I like Casey Kasem, keep my feet on the ground and reach for the stars, not my feet in the stars hit, heading for the ground. You got me? I like here. If God wanted me to fly, he'd give me wings. I'll wait for the rapture. I'll be good with it. But what I'm saying is, what is heroic and courageous faith? God wants me to be strong and courageous in trusting him, in seeking him, to tell the truth when sometimes it may hurt. To be, if I'm a single parent and I'm falling apart and it's a struggle, to recognize that he wants me to be truthful with him some days. When life is crumbling, to be able to ask for help is courageous. You know, it's not courageous to just say, yeah, everything's fine. It's courageous to say, I need help and help people help you. To be courageous in your giving, to trust God in a financial mean. To say, God, I'm going to use a biblical method of tithing. I'm going to really try it out. And I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to take that verse of Scripture that says, test me on this, and I'm going to test you, God. Time for you to put up or shut up there. I'm tired of having struggles in my finances, so I'm going to trust you in this deal. Courage simply is this, trusting God. Now, you know what? This is not going to be on SportsCenter, but it's powerful. It's a powerful statement. To ask God for the courage to step out in areas of my life where I'm scared to death. Isn't that what faith is? Being sure what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's hope. So many miss out on the blessings of God because we, we're so afraid to take a step out. When your past is filled with failure and tragedy, ask God for courage to face the next step and to trust him no matter what. 
What this does, it does something very, very important. And this is what the blank is on your sheet. It shifts my, from my confidence to God's power. It shifts from my confidence to God's power. And you say, well, Jack, what is that supposed to mean? Well, you know, I believe that, I begin to believe that God has the power to change. And by having the power to change, what does that mean? Well, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, which says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, the new has begun. That means that this way that I've been living, this way that has got me beat down, this way that's got me struggled, this way that has me taken advantage of from people, this way that has me lost and disconnected from family and friends, this way that I've been living my life, I can get a do-over. If anyone belongs to Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If you want to get new, get with Jesus. Get with him. Commit to him. Trust in him. And there's some people who had trusted in him and were heading down a way, and some people let you down. And so what you did, you reverted back to exactly where you were before. How's that working for you? Not good. Not good at all. Believe he's going to change. Belonging to Christ means being a new person. And you know, when we look at the cross and we talk about Jesus' death, when I think about Jesus' death, I think about, there was Friday, and he was nailed on a cross and suffered and died and bled. On Saturday, we don't talk a lot about Saturday, but on Saturday, they said a guard. And I think about the disciples. They were locked away. They were hidden. All those people who were following Jesus had no hope in their lives. None whatsoever. It was over. It was completely over. The reality set in. You know, sometimes when something horrible happens... When you lose somebody, there's that day where you wake up and go, oh, I'm going to call, and you're like, I can't call them. That reality hits you, the brutalness of reality. But on the third day is God's day. Jesus says, I'm back. On the third day, God works best. And what I'm saying is, you may be in a second day Saturday in your life right now, but if you just trust and hope in him, guess what? God wants to work a third day in your life. You go from the powerless to the powerful. You're here today in this room because of the third day. We did a baptism today because of the third day. People took a profession of faith and joined this church today because of the third day. Because of the third day, I have hope. Not because I have a plan, but because he does. The Apostle Paul solidified this in Ephesians chapter 1 where he says, This same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That is available to you. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in my hands in trusting, trusting God through his name. All that you've been dragging around with you can be removed and you get a do-over from the Lord. It can be raised from the dead. A lot of us are still living as though we have Saturday lives in darkness and hopelessness. But the resurrection tells you that God can be trusted and that God never fails. Far too often we sit here and we hear a message. 
We shake our heads, yes. We throw out a couple amens. But then we go right back after this to our existence that keeps pulling us in the robbed Saturday lives with hopelessness and despair. And as I look at this, I see, and I want to share this, sitting and hearing is not the same as living under God's power. And so I want to share with you this one story as we close out today. This one occasion. Jesus shares this story about some builders. And he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish. It's like a person who built a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come, the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So many of us live our lives as hearing about God. I saw a thing this week that was shared that millennials are away from churches and people don't know why. Maybe it's because we spend too much trying to bring us into the church and a little bit less of Jesus. Maybe we need to make and refocus and make this the church that Jesus has and quit playing our games as, as churches and Christians across denominational lines and other kinds of things and just seek Jesus. Maybe we just need to embrace the cross a little bit more for my broken life and to not try to put my Sunday best on and to act like everything's good. Maybe I just need to say, you know, I serve a risen Savior, but sometimes it feels like it's Saturday and I need to connect to Jesus a lot more. You see, we all struggle, and we're not the only ones. There was a guy named David who struggled in the Bible, and he really gave us an, a point, and I'm going to throw some verses up here very quickly. He struggled a ton. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. In Psalm 18 through 2, it says, The Lord is my fortress and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, the price of my safety. You see, David recognized that it is only God who brings him stability and peace and causes him to thrive. In verse 40, verse 2, he's desperately living, and he says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud, out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and um, steadied me as I walked along. In the last verse, he says, From the ends of the earth, in Psalm 61, From the ends of the earth, I cried out to you. Lead me to the covering of the rock of my safety, for you are my safe refuge, my fortress, where my enemies cannot reach me. You see, for David, life had not turned out the way it planned, he had planned. For David, who had a great love for God, he was empty at certain points in his life. But what did he do? He got a do-over by returning to God. There's some in this room right now, as the praise team comes up, and shares with us. There's some in this room right now that need, that have been living partially in God, that you've been trying to do this under your own strength, and you're worn out. You've been trying to have relationships. You've been trying to carry the weight of the world on your own shoulders. But Jesus says, here's what I want. I want you to go all in. I want you to say, I give up. 
I need you. I need to start hearing what you say and living what you say. You know, there's people that are across the aisles of this church. I don't even have a clue who they are, but God, you've been talking to me and telling me I just need to go to them, whatever that may be. And I need to recognize I need together. God, there are areas of my life that need to be pruned. There are areas of my life that need to be just lopped right off. And God, I'm going to trust you to do that. I'm going to throw myself all in. Let's stand as I pray. And as I pray, um, I'm going to ask our, um, our, some of our prayer leaders, our Stephen ministers, to come forward, and they're going to be available to pray with you. Yes. Yeah. And then um, after we're done the, the service today, we're going to pray over the shoeboxes as well. Um, but let's just, let's just focus as we can right now. Lord God, as we conclude this series, Do Over, I got to say, I don't know whether it connected with anybody else, but I can say one thing, God, that, um, that you connected with me and recognize that, number one, particularly in this week, there are areas of my life that need to be pruned away. There are areas that aren't bearing fruit that need to be set. And so, God, I want to ask for forgiveness, something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, for not living in those areas that, as you need me to. God, there are so many other things that we have, have experienced But the one thing is I recognize in many times in my own journey, and I think many of us recognize in our own journey, that we've lost hope. We've lost hope in our jobs. We've lost hope in our relationships. We've lost hope in our children. Our children have lost hope in us. We've lost hope in a country. We've lost hope in the world. And God, honestly, when we've lost hope in all those things, what we're really saying is we've lost hope in you. So forgive us for that, and God, let us go ahead and let, let us let hope into our lives opening our heart and our lives to say, God, do something different. Now, I know there's some people here today who have been living with hopelessness and are worn out. They're trying to carry it all on your own. And if you've carried unforgiveness, you've carried bitterness, you're frustrated. If you're that person and you really want to go ahead and, and have the Lord just remove that and just step in and and do a do-over in those areas where you've been hurt. Because remember, hurt people hurt people. And God, you know, my past is really not my past because it's affecting my present right now. And God, I need you to take that. If you're that person that really needs that, just kind of raise your hand where you are and say, God, go ahead, just take those areas. Go on, go ahead right now. There you go. Still, there's others here today who are trying this and you're still feeling distance from God. If you need God to just bridge that distance, or if you're someone who never has opened your life and gone all in and said, Lord, I need you to touch my heart. I need you to come into my life. I want to accept what you did on the cross. That Friday experience that left them with hopelessness, that compounded on Saturday. But God, I believe, I believe, I believe that on that Sunday, that third day, you arose from the dead. And God, I need a third day in my life. And so I want to open my life to you. As I do, if you want to open your life and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Lord of your life, just raise your hand where you are right now. Just go ahead and raise that hand up there. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. For everybody else here, God, bind us together. There's an old song, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together with your spirit. Pour it out here. And God, this altar is open. The altar is a place of death. And so today, this altar is not just an altar, but it is the gardener's table. God, prune us away. Let us not be so prideful that we can't feel that we can't just walk out the aisle and to go ahead and get in prayer with one another. Because God, that's our only communication with you and that's our power 
through prayer. So as this altar is open, move in our hearts. And God, I just know that some people don't even have a clue that they're going to be up here, but you're going to move them by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. Everlasting, your light will shine with no Okay, a um, couple things. Um, we've got a couple things to do. I'm going to ask the children to go ahead to bring the uh, bo- uh, boxes up front. Just put them all over here. We're just going to put them all up here. Um, there you go. All right. Look at this. Here they go. All right, we've got some more coming up here. I've got a steady, steady stream. That's awesome. Our goal was, what, 110 this year? Yep, okay. I hope we blow it away. I hope we also blow it away. For, the, for those of you who are visiting um, today, um, you still have time. One week if you'd like to participate. What, um, what we recognize, I know everybody's starting with a Christmas list or maybe be done and you're really an overachiever, um, but around the world there's people who aren't getting anything. And so um, through Operation Christmas Child, this is a way that we can go ahead and make that happen and sponsor, um, and kids will receive this. And many have come to know the Lord just by receiving something like this. So um, if you'd like to contribute to that, um, you can also contribute financially. Um, if you don't want to have the time to go ahead and put a box or aren't able to, that's fine. You can contact us um, or just go ahead and, and earmark that, and we'll be glad to, to go ahead and make sure it goes where it does. But what's awesome, these aren't just boxes. These are representative that's, uh, that's going to make some kid's life on Christmas. They're going to open this and recognize that they have somebody who they've never met that loves them because they love Jesus. So let's go ahead and pray over these boxes. Lord God, we thank you for a servant like um, Billy Graham and Franklin Graham who really got this rolling to cause us to do what you called us to do as a church, to reach out to the least of these. And so God, these are not just boxes filled with toys and gifts and other kinds of things. But these are ways and expressions of agape, unconditional love that lets some child who is in the the worst situation, more than we can even begin to imagine, know that they are loved. And they're loved not only by, uh, by somebody else, but loved by a God who created them. And so, Lord, for every box that's opened, as soon as it's open, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just touch the heart of that child. For those who have given and continue to give these boxes, Lord, we give you praise and thanks for for their giving. And so ultimately, God, we love you. We are so excited by you. And as we are in this season of thanksgiving, as we move toward, God, once again, we're, we're grateful that we can be able to make somebody else's life 
when this happens so that they can just have a joy and connect to you. Thank you for the Sunday school and their leaders and all these kids who took all their time, not from themselves, but I know when my kids go, they love to just recognize that they're doing this for somebody else. And boy, is that the heart of the Father, to be able to love one another as I have loved you. We thank you, God, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, two quick other things. Um, let me see this mic real quick. Lauren, come here. I'm going to do this real quick. Um, the other thing is next week, next week, uh, we've got next week's message. I think we have it up there. Turkey talk. Talk turkey. We're going to talk turkey. And I do want to share one thing because we've been praying with Lauren and we continue to pray for Lauren. But I, I, I just want her to share with us some news you heard this week, right? I'm in remission. God is an awesome God. Amen. All right. Cars, we're thrilled for that. Come back and see us. Come back and see us next week, every week, whatever. We're going to have some holiday things, but be careful getting out there. Have an awesome week in Jesus. Amen. You can put it right here, bud. not safe, but I know that I've got to make a change. I don't care if I break, at least I'll be feeling something. Cause just okay is not enough. Help me fight through the nothingness.